are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you, sir? You know, I wonder if our listeners ever wonder if somebody else is going to be joining you. Like, it would be like a big... Like, yeah, a big reveal. Like, I mean, it would be. Carmen's yeah. no longer here. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, like the... Like the, the thing, you know, there's been a trap door in the floor or whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah, been... a little uh, Austin Powers moment. Yeah. Dr. Evil. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I mean, they, they do the same thing every morning when my alarm goes off at 530. You know, the radio announcers say the same hello and goodbye. So I think it's okay. I think all right. All right. We'll have to live with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, good to be chatting today, though. And I'm, uh, you know, I think today's show uh, is really going to, well, I hope it does anyway. We'll see how it goes. But I think we're going to help kind of unpack a bit of a challenge that marketers have um, uh, in how they report on the success of their work uh, to the C-suite, essentially that disconnect between how marketers might define success and how business owners sometimes define it. And I think some of the kind of the blind spots or the traps that you can get yourself into as a result. Um, so uh, I'm really hopeful that today's guest is going to give our listeners some uh, practical advice around how to maybe navigate these uh, treacherous waters, as it were. And, uh, and um, so let's get started. And, and not fall through some kind of trap door. Yeah, as, yeah as it, 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 fell, it fell flat when we were talking about trap doors and navigating waters, since that would be very hard for those things to be in the same place. <laughs> So wouldn't it just, wouldn't it just, well, joining us today is Arena Kem. Arena is the director of marketing at Pack Pro Systems and also uh, one of our few guests who are joining us from Canada. So welcome to the Cooler Ring Arena. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. I, uh, yeah, I wonder if we can apply to like uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation for some subsidy or something because of the Canadian content <laughs> the Canadian that content. we're putting out into the global airwaves. Yeah, we're finally on CanCon. I think you should. I think you should. Honestly, coming from a proud, proud Canadian, anything we can do to help our businesses thrive, we should. Indeed, indeed. But I want to assure our listeners elsewhere in the world that we, uh, while the Canadian, uh, the, the source of this may be Canadian, we hope the content will be useful to you as well. Exactly. Uh, delivered with maybe a bit of a more of a frozen tinge than you're used to. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is August. It is August. That helps. Yeah. yeah. Well. I wonder if we could just get started. Um, uh, maybe just introduce our guests uh, to you and uh, and the firm and, and and your role and a bit of background, if you would, just to ground this conversation in a bit of uh, context. Sure, I'd be happy to. And uh, I'm really excited to be here. And the reason for that is that uh, I've had phenomenal mentors and people I learned from in my career. And so it's, for me, it's an opportunity to give back after 15 years and certainly not stopping in B2B marketing and in a very interesting combination, I find, of organizations that I have been with, uh, ranging from distribution to packaging to manufacturing um, in different roles. And they, they have been marketing. So more, right now I'm director of marketing with PacPro. And it's a Canadian company that provides full system packaging solutions, including equipment materials and services to uh, a wide range of um, clients. Uh, prior to that, I uh, was with Swish, and Swish group of companies is another Canadian success story. 
We'll definitely have this Canadian flavor to this podcast today. But to your point, to to your point, marketing is such a transferable um, topic that um, it I, I'm I'm sure it, some things can be applied across across the borders. So when Swish um, during my time in at Swish, I led marketing efforts and more more interestingly transformation of marketing um, activities and marketing strategy from uh, rather traditional and print-based, et cetera, et cetera, to more digital focused and um, really zooming in on lead generation initiatives where by um, close to the end of my time, they were able to improve that tenfold, so which is really exciting. And it also gave me an opportunity to work directly with the manufacturing arm of the company. This is um, the manufacturer of um, cleaning chemicals right here in Peterborough, Ontario. So it gives you a certainly um, different perspective on what manufacturers are dealing with and what business as a whole deals with and how marketing fits into that mosaic of um, uh, business decisions and business priorities. And, and in your work there, I mean, it was fair to say that you found that basically that traditional set of of, of marketing metrics, that tra- in some way the way that marketers define success for themselves, seem to be somewhat at odds with the business owners. Is that Would that be fair to say? I think business, oh, well, especially with Swish, and it's actually true for PacPro as well, the... For me, what was exciting in both cases that the business owners truly believed in the importance and power of marketing. And but what I also find with manufacturing and distribution companies that these are more of a mature business models and mature businesses. You very often talk to um, companies that are 50 years in business, 60 years in business, 30 years in business. So they've dedicated certain uh, resources and focus to marketing, but then they come to the realization that, okay, we really need to do something differently. And where I see uh, manufacturers and distributors succeed in their marketing efforts, when they start shifting from talking about what they do and rather helping their customers understand why this will be good for their customers' business. I uh, still, there is a lot of um, opportunity out there, I believe, with the manufacturing businesses and distribution businesses where they're so passionate about their products which is rightfully so, because that's how their business usually starts with this great idea of how they can help make this world a better place or help businesses do their work easier. And so there is a lot of effort and time is dedicated to the production and product development and uh, figuring out logistics um, so that when it get it um, the time for marketing comes all of a sudden the time shrinks and marketers sometimes are put into these very tough timelines of um, either launching a product or um, you know creating a new program. But where I see those companies succeed is where marketing brought into that process at a and participates act, actively in that whether it's product development or some other business aspects at a much earlier stage so that marketers are aware of what's going on and they they can prep um, better for when the launch time comes in. 
And in a way, I find that marketers should not let themselves be locked into that, you know, corner room and find a way to be that active contributor, find a way to um, be part of those conversations earlier so that they're better equipped, they have deeper understanding of what the business needs are, business objectives are, so that they can support business better. So have you... um... I guess in, in your career, do you feel that you've maybe just gotten lucky and uh, and have been fortunate enough to work with organizations that, uh, um, that 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 saw the benefit of your contribution at that level and invited you in, or did you have to kind of elbow your way into some of those uh, C-suite conversations? <laughs> That's I love your question because I think it's a little bit of both. It's a bit of uh, you know picking the organizations where. Uh, you feel like um, you can make a difference and there will be, uh, you know, recognition of your efforts, but also continuously proving the value of marketing and bringing up those topics and explaining and reiterating of why it's important and how we can be better off as a business if marketing plays a more active role at an earlier stage. So I, I call myself fortunate because it's I think it's it's certainly I'm certainly fortunate to have worked with organizations that do see the value in marketing. Well, and of course, uh, part of it is um, uh, kind of I think what you're telling us here is that the extent to which you can frame marketing successes through the lens of business successes, which aren't always necessarily the same thing, but the extent that you can frame uh, them uh, through the lens of what it actually means for the business that will gain you more credibility, get you more visibility and invitation into those uh, C-suite conversations, which helps you understand what the business is trying to do and and the why behind what you're doing even more and therefore allows you to restate your uh, marketing performance even more uh, aggressively and uh, appropriately through the lens of, of, of the business context and the business value that it delivers. Does that be accurate or am I putting too many words in your mouth there? I feel like you are taking some from my mouth, but that's why we. <laughs> but, nice. but that only proves that we have been probably treading the same waters to to a degree, where um, it's uh, proving your value. I think is true to any type of role, but I find with marketing especially because there is this time gap right between this expected sales results and how long marketing initiatives take and um, really deep understanding of um, what actual marketing does. Because even right now with PacPro, we have those regular conversations with the owners. And one of the things I keep bringing up that sometimes I feel like I'm an island and I'm making um, a conscious effort to make sure I communicate what I'm doing. Because, you know, we as marketers so often sit in our offices in front of these screens as you know, compared to sales who are out there and maybe more um, involved in group activities, if you will, or communication, et cetera, et cetera. So you just, you you have to, I have to remind myself very often that, okay, it's time to now explain what that means for the business. And I really love what you had said before around aligning marketing KPIs and and business KPIs, because 
might have a fortune of speaking with some younger marketers who are just entering the workforce and they're passionate about what they need to do and you know they want to generate more views on youtube channel and they want to bring more people on the website and sometimes what takes them aback is a simple question okay and how is this going to help business and they stop for a moment and then they can re-engineer it and say yeah okay let me translate it into value for the business more people coming to the website more people know that means more people know our name more people fill out the forms that means more people are ready to engage with us more people views view our videos we have more information about what they like what they don't we can adjust what we invest our money in i think that's really interesting and especially because it points to the fallacy of of vanity metrics and we we've chatted with you earlier and you know and i think we can all kind of fall down that rabbit hole of, of likes or retweets or page views or clicks or or whatever or impressions potentially worst of all um and, and even you know marketers fall down that hole and even sometimes the c-suite looks at those numbers and says wow you know we've gotten so much more traffic that's great but you know it really does need we need to be able to create those methods of translating what how those vanity metrics impact the real um, business KPIs. And I think what what I'd like to know a little bit is is what you know what sorts of activities have you seen that have driven results for actual business um, KPIs at PacPro? What what have you been seeing success with? You know what I one of the I, I call it easy reminder, but it's uh, sometimes tough to um, really comply with is have that question, so what, in front of your eyes all the time. And it's better if you as a marketer ask yourself that question before your business leader or your owner asks you that. So, okay, we improved the number of visits to the website. So what? What does it mean? How do we compare to the industry benchmarks how do we compare it to our previous performance whether it's last year or last period and what exactly does this mean what has driven that change and if it's a positive change can we replicate it so um we've just spoke about you know are there those five magic metrics that you should be looking at and um, I don't believe they are. To me, the ultimate result of any marketing initiative should, should be the sale. But to your point earlier, that sale may be really distant in time, depending on the sales cycle. It can be six months, 12 months, 24 months. So we have to break down how <clears throat> we have to break down our path and how we get there. And uh, over that period of time, communicate to our sales leaders as to what those metrics are. Well, first, staying disciplined and making sure we set up our metrics for, for, for marketing and then staying disciplined in reaching out proactively and keeping them informed as to how these marketing results, whether it's uh, you know number of pages on the website, because some, some things are really hard to um, monetize, if you will, or attribute a KPI to. See if we, so when, when I joined PacPro, 
it's a phenomenal story of the company that had been in business for 20 years and they've been so focused on making sure the customers are happy and serviced exceptionally well so that they pretty much didn't require marketing for a long time they were there was enough of customer references supplier references um, and referrals so that they can grow business um, the owners were forward thinking enough to invest in in the website and uh, then they got to the point where they realized well marketing can help us make a bigger step ahead but marketing takes time so when i came on board um one of my favorite topics is website and because that's pretty much the only asset you own these days whether you're running your campaign on linkedin or on facebook or on google you're using somebody else's platform where your website is the asset where the true conversion happens however you decide describe it whether it's a true sale or whether it's you know field form or whatnot but that's where you get to know your visitors that's where you can help them understand who you are what you do and how you can help them so going back to metrics uh, we clearly needed to to just build out the number of pages because with distribution the challenge is you deal with so many lines so many products so many suppliers and on the other side you talk to and you sell to very diverse businesses like we deal with companies that are in food manufacturing business and at the same time we service customers that are omni-channel retailers so they have e-com fulfillment facilities and they sell through stores then we have medical supply companies so um products work for all of them but the problems that we solve for them are different so to help them find the relevant information on this website we have to build out the, the website and the work still continues it's by any means finished but that's to me um if i were to you know um calculate the number of pages we created that wouldn't be a fancy metric but it's important for the foundation of our future success The Cooler Ring is proud to be a media sponsor of the 2019 Manufacture Ed Summit Conference, which is being held September 16th to 18th in Chicago, Illinois. Carmen and I will be live on site recording interviews for future episodes of The Cooler Ring. You can save $200 now with the discount code COOLERPARTNERS200 at ManufactureEdSummit.com. That's ManufactureEdSummit.com. I think there's a... Um... You know, it's interesting because part of what we're talking about here is to make sure that you focus on reporting or, you know, keeping scorecard with the right thing. So you focus on, on the right metric. And then there's the framing it in the business in a business context. And it kind of, you know, it's kind of a two-step process in some way. You know, if you're a, um, a very focused B2B uh, manufacturer that maybe, um, you know, three to five new accounts in the next year is a huge win for you. You maybe only have 30 accounts total. Well, the chances are all of your success can be defined through the lens of your uh, target account work and what you're doing from an account-based marketing perspective through the lens of not how many organic search visitors have we received, but frankly, how many new uh, uh, target account prospects has our digital presence engaged in the last quarter or what have you. So that would be just a reframe or, you know, choosing the right thing. And then, of course, um, explaining that to the powers that be as to why that's important uh, is about how you frame it and uh, framing it in a business context versus just a pure marketing one. Um, 
And I do like the notion that you mentioned earlier around the fact that we have a very long sales cycle in many cases. Um, and it's about analyzing that sales cycle and coming up with a, a, a strong understanding of what are the leading indicators that will help us understand uh, that we're moving to that next step in the buying process. Um, so I think that's really a valuable uh, insight and information for, for our listeners and just a way of thinking about how they frame up their marketing KPIs. Yeah, Rena, you can't see, but we've been nodding along here in the office as <laughs> yeah. you've been speaking. So <laughs> that's I'll take it as a compliment. Yeah, please it, do. <laughs> I I think there are two key things that you've just mentioned. Like you you've brought many great points, but that whole notion of understanding your business it's it's I it's it may sound basic, but I know sometimes marketers. Uh, find themselves in a situation that they either don't um, uh, they don't get that information readily presented to them unless they ask, and even then sometimes is a challenge. But they absolutely need that. They absolutely need to understand how the business functions, what the pain points of your own business are, how many customers do you get on an annual basis to set those metrics right. Because you're absolutely right. We may be looking at, you know, the number of follows on LinkedIn. Well, guess what? Uh, maybe 80% of our target audience is not on LinkedIn for one or the other reason. So it's um, it's really, to me, key to find a way, again, to understand what the business needs are, understand what the objectives are, and also understand the customer. Going back to my comment about us being usually in front of the screens, usually in the office, maybe, you know, talking to our sales team, which is the right thing to do. But to me, even that is not enough. Um, We need to find as marketers, find a way to talk directly to the customers, whether it's through the sales team and, you know, making friends within your sales team and uh, getting on those sales calls or finding your way if you're generating leads through the website be that first point of contact pick up the phone and call the customer and figure out why and how they found you and what they're looking for um, so that you have a real life sense of what those real life customers are looking for and that will be helpful in truly understanding what your key performance indicators are yeah, and, and having that more um, in-depth and personal understanding of that customer context will also help you, I think, present uh, uh, your uh, ideas uh, and, and, and your results more confidently and be able to frame them more confidently and the why they're, they're important for the business when you're not doing it academically, but it's because of your own personal experience. I think that's some great advice. For sure. And I, and I think, too, I mean, you, you spoke about uh, the importance of talking to the customer, but also involving sales, and but not just relying on that. But I think there there is a, an element of, you know, getting a commitment between the marketing department and the sales department to provide that two-way information about, you know, what's working, what isn't working, what are the customers saying, you know, and, and getting some bi-directional communication going on there is going to only serve to create better KPIs in the long run. I agree. I personally have, I feel like I have been always on a mission of breaking that glass wall between marketing and sales. It's an age, you know, long 
conflict sometimes or age-long contention that uh, you know marketing is bringing all these wonderful leads but sales are not closing them or you know from sales standpoint well marketing you know sends me the lead of someone who just opened the email and get excited and expects me to close that lead with a sale so which you know if, depending on which side you're on the, the the stories are true so it's um it's really important to find that to find a way to gain that understanding and build the trust with your sales team that you're there to help them. And it reminds me of, you know, early days of email marketing. And when I was working on one of the first um, email marketing automation tools and building the database and speaking to my sales team, and, you know, you see this uh, um, cold um, look in the eyes and the in the context of what what are you going to take my contacts now and eliminate me and my message has always been that especially in b2b it's usually a very relationship built relationship based business is relationship based sale so there is no way to completely eliminate sales and that's not the point what marketing can do though when the when your prospect is not ready, you'd better be working with a prospect that is ready. You'd better be working with a prospect that's that's willing to listen to your story, that's willing to you know show them the equipment or the material and help them understand how um, you can help them and eventually close that sale. But for this, you know, a greater number of prospects that are lukewarm that might have some interest but it's not worth the sales rep's time. That's where marketing comes in. That's where marketing, email marketing programs comes, come in or advertising programs come in so that we warm up and nurture these leads to the point when it makes sense to sales to jump in and just close. And we've just had that recent conversation with one of my sales um, professionals at PacPro. I was so pumped in the beginning of June when we got our First website lead. I know we're starting small, but it's just, it makes them so much more valuable, those uh, successes. And so that lead turned into, a, you know, $11,000 sale uh, over a period of six weeks as compared to a normal, you know, four to six months interaction before the sale goes through. And it was really actually the sales representative who spoke to me and said, I'm amazed what happens when the customer is ready to talk to you, that you don't have any walls reaching out, you don't, you have great communication with them, and you pretty much go there, understand the pain point, and close the sale. And that's where the true value of marketing is. But it's truly based on excellent relationship with the sales team. Because if this is not happening, or X number of leads that marketing provided were not able to close, or they're still not warm enough, the, the customers are not, the prospects are not engaged enough, then that's feedback that needs to go to the marketing so that marketing can adjust the campaigns or maybe re rejig the the content that they have laid out, the stories that they've prepared or the materials that they've prepared for each stage in the buyer's journey and make the required adjustments. Um, and in summary, it really needs to be a two-way street. And uh, 
building that relationship with your sales team at all levels, at the level of sales reps, at the level of sales managers, at the level of sales leaders is critical for marketers. And um, doing that proactively is really important. I think, um, look, you've laid out a, a very, uh, uh, I think, a, a very solid approach there to, uh, to, to to thinking about that and thinking through the um, uh, the challenge that many uh, marketers find themselves in and trying to seek marketing sales alignment and really get that virtuous kind of cycle of information flowing between the two um, uh, organizations. I wonder... One of the things, I mean, it's always nice when you can do what you did and uh, shorten a sales cycle from uh, 18 months to six weeks. Uh, that makes it easier for marketers to show their worth, of course. But I think one of the things that we wanted to chat about a little bit, we've talked in the lead up to this show uh, recording today, um, that I think your, your approach can help kind of at least, um, uh, well, give people some tools to at least maybe deal with this challenge is that I think a lot of marketers uh, find themselves, especially in the early days of digital transformation, being given just enough rope to hang themselves, um, if you will. Uh, they're, they're, they're given a, a minor budget and they're told that they can have three months or six months to try to, to try something. Um, and uh, and then if it works, of course, the promise is that the budget floodgates will then break open and uh, uh, the transformation can continue apace, and which, of course, almost never happens because the sales cycle is 18 to 24 months long and the experiment cycle is three months long and the experiment's being measured through the lens of whether or not it generated sales. So there's a fundamental disconnect. Um, it's almost like you need to have the early vanity metrics that prove progress. Well, it's a, it's, I think that's the important thing I, I'm trying to get across uh, maybe to listeners is I think if they can uh, think about it through the lens of what are those leading indicators um, uh, rather than allowing yourself to be bullied into the fact that you need to have that sale closed within that experiment window because it's just, it's not, even though you have closed loop analytics, that's fine, but it's just not going to happen. There's not enough time. Not in a B2B context, no. Exactly. And and in some ways, I think marketers would do well to be more aggressive um, at the front end of those experiments in terms of how they frame success for the organization and for the business so that they can really um, get everybody on the same page. Has that been part of your success as well, uh, is really making sure that you kind of let the organization know in advance what success looks like? Not always. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you you learn, right? And I, I remember myself uh, sitting and trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do now in you know early days of my career in terms of, okay, I clearly realized that this is the money that I, or the budget that I have available and the, the goals are probably for, you know, five times the budget or 10 times the budget and and most importantly, time that is given. So I think the key is make sure you do your homework. Like I think uh, I'm the person that would say glass is half full. So if there is an opportunity that I like and if there is some money put towards that opportunity and you know you can make a difference, I'd say, you know, you probably can work with what you're given. However, you need to be clear about what you can do. 
Like if you're told, to, you know, here's your budget, go do something and you go do something. Well, that's one approach. But if you before you start doing something, you come back with the feedback uh, to your leader or to who is giving you that direction to launch a campaign or do something within a certain period of time. If you've done your homework, you would know that if in our particular business, I know that the the sales cycle takes from, say, six to 12 months. I'm given three months to run a marketing campaign based on whatever the situation is. If it's a product, new product launch, or maybe it's a seasonal campaign, pick something that you believe can have a good result. It might not be the result that's expected. Because uh, to your point, if somebody expects uh, a sale that normally takes 18 months to be closed in three, well, you, as a realistic marketer, you know that's unlikely to happen. But think through what you can do. And I'd say go back with that and get either yay or nay. Like I know we, we all have jobs and we, we want to keep the jobs, but I think it's more it's, it's critical to have that con- conversation up front. To your earlier point, whether it's you know aggressive, proactive, however you want to uh, formulate that, but you have to give a clear to demonstrate your understanding of business because what it's going to do for you if you go back and say, hey, I get it that you're giving me this time, this money, and this is what you expect. Is that what we've discussed? Yes. Yeah. So, but understanding our business, having looked at the industry benchmarks. And from my previous experience, here's what I suggest we do in these three months. And if this this program proves successful, then when it, we expand it for a longer period of time. But just, you know, I think that slight pause uh, from, you know, getting excited that you got something and analyzing what realistically you can do and getting a buy-in from your... Uh, business leader or sales leader is critical. Yeah, I think it's essential. It's just um, it's a lot easier to have. And as tough as that conversation or daunting as it might seem, especially for a younger marketer potentially or a less experienced marketer, right. um, I, I think that um, it's easier to have it early than after. Um, well, man, you're and, just setting yourself up for failure yeah, if you don't have it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we've seen that so many times. Um, yeah, frankly, it's true. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, some fantastic advice. Well, Rena, I really um, want to thank you for sharing your insight with us today. I, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to share your experience with our listeners. I think you've given us a lot to think about. And uh, hopefully, uh, folks, as you're um, uh, defining your marketing success, uh, this episode has uh, done a bit to help you uh, frame that through a business lens yeah. and uh, give you uh, some tools to succeed. Thanks again, Rena. Appreciate it. Thank you both. And thank you for the opportunity. I think what you're doing is so critical because as a B2B marketer, I have always felt like in most marketing gatherings, you will be an oddball. There will be, I remember going to the, one of the first social media conferences here in Toronto where there was everything is focused on B2C. So this expertise in B2B marketing is really, in a way, it's a niche a niche product and uh, at the same time i think there is still such a great demand for knowledge and expertise so i really appreciate the work that um, kula is doing and bringing that forward and 
making B2B marketing more exciting for, for new marketers and um, giving them direction and hope and uh, guidance as to what, it, what they can be in that profession. I really appreciate that. And look, I'm uh, I'm a little selfish here. I think B2B is where the fun is. I think the... Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love exactly. It. <laughs> so I think uh, I think that's... A, we're just on a mission to help other people see that too, because I think that you can have a... You know, for, for marketers who really want to make an impact, uh, uh, the, 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 the dent that you can make in the universe, I think, is bigger oh, on the B2B side. So, sure. uh, right. But I really thank you for that. It's uh, a wonderful uh, compliment. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. All the best to you. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.